Previously on Super Magical Force. The hobbits made their way across the Brandywine. There they sought out Fredegare Bolger. Persuading Fatty to come with them was harder than Mary anticipated. Then, late one night, after playing several rounds of beer golf, Mr. Baggins inadvertently decided to begin the quest when he stripped naked and ran into the old forest behind Crick Hollow. They came to a pleasant bend in the river where there was a large willow tree. What a sleepy place. Before long, all four were asleep. And now... Super Magic Force Wars! Super Magic Force Wars! Fan fiction crossover spectacular. From the quiet forests of Little Earth, to the sprawling cities of the wide world and beyond, to the planets of outer place, the multi-world is a battleground for the dual soul heroes. Each one a combination of two or more fandom favorites fighting to keep the seven stones of aggravation out of the hands of those who would destroy the easel of creativity itself. Written and performed by M.J. Maiello and based on the greatest works of our time. Book Two Tales of Little Earth. Episode 37 The Ballad of Old Tom. Setting The Old Forest, Beside the Withy Window, Little Earth. When Sam woke, he found that he was alone, and he began to call out for his friends, but they were nowhere to be seen. Then he heard their muffled cries and saw that there were three sets of hobbit feet emerging from the tree where they had fallen asleep leaning on it. Help! Help! he cried, uselessly running around in a circle. Oh, thanks, Sam, he said. No sense screaming for help. I'm in an uninhabited forest. But to his relief, he did hear someone coming. He heard, of all things, a song sung most cheerily. Hi-ho, cherry-o, always room for jello. Ring, ding, ding, dong, here comes a merry fellow. And the man came into sight. He was huge even for one of the big folk, a barrel-chested man with swollen biceps, a great beard, and a bright blue band around his hat and yellow boots. Help! Sam screamed, running toward the singing man. I need help! Ho-hos, don't you know, come my Yankee doodles! With axe and gun, Tom's out for fun with Twix and Dipsy doodles! Out of the way, shorts the day, Twinkies and the yodels, funny bones and devil dogs, but no one likes the snowballs. Now Sam was right before him, waving his arms and calling out for help. Well, hello there, the man said at last, finally seeming to register Sam's presence. Now who is this, a pretty white-haired lady, Tom said. I'm not a lady. Sorry to dash your hopes, my young Bill, but old Tom's a married man. Now step aside. Sir, please, my friends, they're captured inside that evil willow tree. You're obviously strong and wise. Is there anything you can do? Your flattery will get you nowhere, fair maid though you are, for I am already wed to the fair river daughter. Can you get my friends out of the tree? Of course I can. I can do anything. And then he spat, and his ricocheting spittle knocked a singing robin clear off a branch. For I am Tom Bombagastar. But can you help me? They were sitting with their backs against that great willow tree. Now they're trapped inside. They're screaming. What can we do? Sam asked. Fear not, young lass. We will get your hairy-footed girlfriends to safety. But first, let me tell you of how I won my wife. I don't think we have time. But it was too late. 
Tom had already begun to sing. Wise old Tom Bombogaston was quite a handsome fellow. Red was the shirt he had on, with a collar that was yellow. Tom was out a-huntering along the withy window, when spied a maid a-bathing and decided he'd a-mingle. Sitting amid the water lilies, a sight of sheer perfection, greatest beauty he had seen beyond his own reflection. Never book she saw or read, a girl after Tom's old heart. No pesky ideas were in her head. Tom doesn't like em too smart. Clad in white with hair of gold, she was called La Berry. Tom decided to be bold with thought to woo and marry. Tom sought out what friends he found, old man Willow, White, and Badger. For his wedding day they gathered round, and guessed he might should ask her. Wading out with tied-up pants past the lily-pad-filled water, Tom went up and took his chance with the fair river daughter. There was still a fear to face, a twinge of nerves and jitters. Screw courage to the sticking place, true love's not for quitters. You shall come with me this day to table that is laden. Bread and butter, honeycomb, my lovely water maiden. Marry me this very day in a hunting lodge to live your life. Tell me now, what do you say? Tell me you will be my wife. So old Tom Bombagaston stood beside La Berry. A tuxedo coat he did don while she shone gay and merry. The white performed the marriage rite, the badger played the fiddle. The bride was wrapped in linen white with garland round her middle. Tom sang like bird in tree, the badger danced with pride. The willow hummed like honeybee, the white said, Guess the Lord. Hair of gold she waits to meet, at end of day when Tom does tire, she'll welcome me and rub my feet while meat roasts on the fire. Uh, that's, that's all well and good, Sam said, but my friends, they're screaming. Fear not. And then Tom leaped into action, and swinging his axe, he chopped down the willow tree with six mighty strokes. And then, pulling the bark aside with his bare hands, he pulled the hobbits out. Production Notes Okay, if you don't like Tom Bombogaston, you should probably stop listening, because, uh, that's pretty much the height of my creative powers at work. I have to say, I love Gaston. I think he's the most lovable Disney villain of all time. It's even odd to think of him as a villain, until you remember that he tries to kill the beast at the end, and falls to his death. But somehow that's not what people think of when they think of him. We all just sort of revel in the simple joy he takes in his own toxic masculinity. As for Tom Bombadil, I could talk for 10 hours about Tom Bombadil, which I won't, but I'll share my thoughts about him and his origins next episode. General Disclaimer This is a work of fanfiction, satire, admiration, and love. It is solely for entertainment. I do not own the rights to any of the reference works. This includes, but is not limited to, The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, The Hobbit, Marvel Comics, The Wheel of Time, The Pelennor Series, Game of Thrones, any Disney properties, or Norse mythology. I do not own the rights to any characters portrayed in this series at all, not even a little bit. The creators of these intellectual properties have not endorsed this work, and they almost certainly would not return my phone calls. The Harry Potter series was created by J.K. Rowling and is owned by Warner Brothers. The works of J.R.R. Tolkien are owned by the Tolkien estate. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Enterprises, Star Wars, and the works of Disney Animation are owned by the Disney Company. The Pelennor series was created by Alison Croggan and published by Candlewick Press in the U.S. The Wheel of Time was created by Robert Jordan and is published by Tor Books in the U.S. Specific Disclaimer This probably doesn't need to be said, but The Ballad of Tom Bombogaston is entirely based on the poetry of J.R.R. Tolkien specifically The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. 
Also note, Neil Gaiman, Hayao Miyazaki, George Lucas, Stan Lee, and Chris Claremont are just plain awesome. This podcast is and always will be available for free, and I am not and never will be making any profit from this podcast. All rights of the original intellectual properties belong to their respective owners. Please don't sue me. This is WXMN with the Dr. Hank McCoy Show, coming to you from Seattle Lulu, the city of raining mornings and tropical afternoons. And my next caller wishes to discuss some marital problems. Hi, Doc. My name is Adam. I'm calling about my wife, Belle. I'm listening. Well, you know, when we first met, she said I was a bit of a beast. I've been known to be a bit of a beast myself. (laughs) You know what I mean. Temper, crude mannerisms, often raising my voice, not taking constructive criticism very well. A metaphorical beast indeed. Yes, but with horns and thick fur. I've been putting a lot of work into myself since then. I've made big changes. Read some self-help manuals. I got a meditation app. I did some adult coloring books. Sounds like you really put the work in. Your wife must be very proud of you. Well, that's the problem. She says now I'm too weak. Too civilized. I don't know how to put this. She's no longer attracted to me, Doc. It's like the passion has gone out of our marriage ever since I stopped shredding the furnishings. Well, it sounds like you've discovered your true self. But if she doesn't love you for who you truly are, then perhaps you will need to move on. Well, speaking of moving on, that is all the time we have. Until next time, I'm Dr. Hank McCoy, and I'm listening. Later, when Dr. McCoy entered his office, he saw the silhouette of a woman in a ball gown against his window. Can I help you, mademoiselle? I don't believe we have an appointment. She turned around and closed a book that she had been reading. She was strange, she saw. She had a pleasant smile, but her heavy-lidded eyes were wide, and there was something peculiar about her. Strange, no question. Did you tell my husband that he would need to move on? She said. I suppose it's possible. Who is your husband? He saw now that she held a slender twig in her hand. I have one word for you, Doctor. Imperial. Super Super Magic Force!